Hello, and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Sunday, July 11th, and I am not joined by my neighbor Max for this episode, Flying Solo. Max is off camping uh, in eastern Ontario. I imagine he's having a fantastic time, and uh, I am not with him, and I am here carrying the load for this one. means it's going to be a shorter pod. Max has already got out his... Uh, Dennis Shapovalov match reaction, as well as the McGregor Poirier uh, round three match. Um, he's got both of his reaction videos up for that on YouTube. So I will be going through some of my sports and giving my takes on the weekend, some highlights, some lowlights, and then maybe we'll sneak in a preview of game three between the Suns and the Bucks as the Bucks look to grab a game at home and try and swing the tide of the series, because right now, Phoenix is looking awful good. Let's get right into it, shall we? The first highlight of the weekend. Italy, England, the Euro Cup. Great spectacle. Wembley was absolutely bumping. Fans bursting in through security officials uh, in, into the arena. Just absolute bedlam. And they had a lot to cheer about as early as the second minute. England gets the lead. Italy equalizes, and we go through extra time and go right into penalties. And you could already tell Italy, looser team, better body language. They had just gone through this against Spain in the semifinals. Um, Their goalkeeper is a mountain of a man, just so much larger compared to Jordan Pickford. And you had two composed guys from England, Go first and second, a little bit of veteran experience, and then three really young kids, Rashford, Sancho, Saka. Um, and obviously, we have to dub them now with the Timo title for their choke job. It's tough to put it on the kids. It, they look pretty heartbroken afterwards, but um, you have to put the title on if, if they're unable to come through. It was close. Jorginho with a chance to win the title just as he had beaten Spain in the previous match and Pickford with just a fantastic save tips the ball off the post just keeps it off the line leading to a shot from Saka that was stopped by Dornaramu and Italy victorious back on top once again Uh, it's been a while since the 2004 World Cup victory which also ended in penalties of course, the infamous Zinedine Sedane headbutt. That was the true story of that one. But Italy, once again, uses penalties to win an international title. Uh, congratulations to them. Woodbridge on fire right now. Absolutely going crazy. And it's something they get to celebrate coming out of COVID. Uh, so happy for them. Happy their, for their supporters. And that was the highlight of this afternoon here, um, as it just wrapped up about an hour and a half ago. I wanted to talk about another football match, which was even more exciting for me personally. I've always been a Messi fan. I grew up, I had his full Argentina kit and uh, had the hair to match back when he was rocking the the flow. And um, he was an idol of mine just because of his diminutive stature and his thrilling play. Uh, As a soccer player growing up, I wanted to be like him. And 
he finally breaks through the ceiling and captures his first international trophy uh, with Argentina. It took him, what, 15 years? Uh, 2005, I think he started. So 16 years. Uh, this one might be his last Copa America, and they're able to get it over Brazil, one nothing. That's huge for his legacy, huge for him for the GOAT conversation. We had two GOATs really establish themselves this weekend, and Messi's right there with all of the greats, and now he's got a big international trophy to add to his collection. Um, so he gets my, my big gold star for this one on my highlights reaction pod. The other GOAT, of course, adding to his total, it wasn't so long ago at the French Open where we were talking about Novak Djokovic and the GOAT conversation. And what does he do? He goes and grabs Wimbledon and his 20th major title. Um, he, the Grand Slam is totally on now as he has won three of three and just one more to go with the U.S. Open. Also potential if he goes to the Olympics for the super rare Golden Slam. Um, and it just doesn't look like there's anyone in his stratosphere right now. He is out of his mind, playing incredibly, super dominant, super composed, and even was up 5-2 in the first set to Matteo Bertini, loses it 7-6 in the tiebreak, and then comes right back and says, no, I have control of this match, and things are going to go this way. And really, you're just looking for that next young superstar to take a step forward and actually become a, a true... Uh, equal to Novak and and put on some more thrilling displays. We're just looking for that next big star to step forward on the men's side with Roger and Rafa at the true tail ends of their careers. And, and Novak's just looking for that next major competitor to strike down, or maybe just he's too good, but shout out to Novak Djokovic. He continued to build, he continues to build his goat case and uh, a fantastic end to a great Wimbledon as Max had talked about <laughs> in all the previous podcasts that we have done. I also wanted to throw out shout outs to the USA U19 men's basketball, uh, Chet Holmgren winning the MVP of that tournament, Canada's team winning the bronze against Serbia. Shout out to those kids. That's something they'll always remember and hopefully can take with them as they jump into college and try to work their way to the NBA. Um, for the USA team, completely dominant. Actually, a closer game than I thought against France, but Holmgren, unbelievable. He had to go up against Victor Wenbanyama, uh, who put up, I think it was 25, 8, and 8 blocks. Uh, he's going to be something special in the NBA as he's already playing pro in France as, as a member of the team owned by Tony Parker. Um, but he looks to be a pretty special talent that will be eligible. Not next year's draft, but the... 2023 NBA draft, unless the rules change. So look out for these kids. They're coming up through the system. There's some great basketball on display uh, this last week at the U19 FIBA championship. That does it for the highlights. I told you we're going to be buzzing through this one. Uh, we're going to jump right into the lowlights. Ronald Acuna Jr. tearing his ACL. He is done for the rest of the season. A huge blow to Major League Baseball. Um, they were looking forward to showing off all of their stars coming up tomorrow and Tuesday for all-star week uh, home run derby. And, and of course the game itself, the derby is the best part of it. Um, 
it's a big, big loss. Acuna is one of the new faces of the league alongside the young stars of Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, uh, any anyone else you really want to throw in there. Acuna is probably top of that list. He's just been an unbelievable hitter, unbelievable fielder, lots of speed. He does things on the diamond that not many else, not many others can do. And it's a big loss for baseball. Um because they're about to hit their stride and really have the the late summer months that they dominate typically before football arrives. And it's big to lose a star like that. And I don't think they've done a not nearly a good enough job hyping up what Shohei Otani has done this season. He is the modern day Babe Ruth. It's probably even more impressive what he's done. Um, and if he was a Yankee, Red Sox, Dodger, Met, uh, who else do you want to throw there? Like if he's on a team, that's not the Los Angeles angels. He's way bigger of a phenomenon. If it's 10 years ago, he's dominating storylines every day. So with Acuna out MLB's really got to lean on Shohei here. He is, he's got to be the face of the league, at least for this season, because what he's doing is unparalleled. Uh, and that would be my take there. A really, really shocking one that somehow flew under the radar for a lot of people, but really should be, a top story is team USA losing to team Nigeria in a friendly in basketball uh, USA favored by 28 and a half points, throwing out a lineup that consists of Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, uh, Devin, well, Devin Booker's not there yet, but bam out of bio, like a super solid lineup, obviously not their a plus plus lineup with some of the guys who have turned it down, but still a, a potent, lineup nonetheless lots of length lots of shot creation and nigeria comes out and plays their butts off that's the thing with being team usa right every team is going to take their best shot so you better make sure you're ready imagine the talent should always win out for them though but a huge shocking upset precious achua with an all-time instagram post um with with him blocking kevin durant and yeah it was really impressive showing from nigeria and that's going to, I think, wake up the USA in a big way. And I could see them steamrolling the competition now as they probably went into these first couple of friendlies two lackadaisical. The last low light I want to talk about that came through over this last week is um, the IOC. I'm going to throw them in my low light category. Uh, of course, the big storyline that's been buzzing about is Shikari Richardson. Um, I think that's been talked enough. So I really wanted to highlight some of the other stuff that maybe has gone under the radar in the national media, but um, a couple of, of track athletes being banned from competing in their respective sports due to the high level of testosterone. And <laughs> I'm just getting it here. Uh, Namibian runners, Christine Mboba uh, and Beatrice Masalingi. Um, I'm sorry if I butchered those. I'm not great with names. They're found to have too high a level of testosterone. And, and I wanted to throw a low light here because of the double standard that exists in the Olympics, where Michael Phelps is someone who is born with a genetic predisposition to be able to swim at a high level, produce a lower level of lactic acid, be able to go longer, do more impressive athletic feats. In fact, that's what most of these Olympic athletes are. They are genetically different from the general popu population where their bodies are predisposed have the predisposition to run faster, jump higher, 
run longer, swim longer, throw bigger objects. They're just, there's obviously a huge piece of training that goes into it, but you have to have that foundation uh, genetically to be able to do what they do. And so if the Olympics can allow Michael Phelps, and there are plenty of other examples out of there where they have something that just helps them compete at a higher level in their sport, why is it then that the women are affected by it. I think it, you can say there's a difference if it's a transgendered athlete, it get, becomes a bit of a gray area there uh, in that regard. But if it is a naturally occurring chemical in the body and they've done nothing to alter it, then they should be able to go. There should be no limit on that. So shame on you, IOC. And also the, the swim caps incident where there are specially designed swim caps for women with for African-American women with, with different types of hair that, that have been banned. And again, just not a good look. It's the IOC is, is historically been a racist organization and that continues to shine through. And so I had to touch on that on my lowlights. We're going to take one more break and come back and do a game three NBA finals preview. And I am back to give you a game three really quick preview before tip off it's around 7 20 p.m eastern game set to kick off at eight which first of all i love so much more it is way too late in these games uh when it starts at 9 p.m um i know it's a west coast thing but i really would love to be able to watch the entire game in the moment and and really try and dissect it but alas uh not to be at least i can hopefully get through all of this one the suns up to nothing in this series off of the back of some amazing shooting as a whole from their team, generating lots of wide open looks and, and converting on those. Chris Paul and Devin Booker have been immensely solid. Aiden solid in his role, not as sensational as we have seen in some other series, but, but still making his presence felt. I think Brooke Lopez actually has done an underrated job of being able to contain him. And I basically had two kind of tidbits here in how I think Milwaukee can really change this series. The first way is you have to make Chris Paul work on both ends of the floor, but primarily make him carry the ball up the floor every time and have to put his body into someone, just, just harass him a little bit more as he's trying to initiate the offense. Um, any time spent with his back to the basket as he's bringing the ball up the court is, is a win from Milwaukee. And you really want to make him work at his age. Uh, and we could actually see a little bit more campaign, a little bit more Devin Booker bringing the ball up. If the bucks decide to do that at a higher rate. Um, the other thing I would say is I think PJ Tucker, this is just not the series for him. I've heard lots of people already mention this, but he sits in the corner and, Phoenix can hide their worst defender on him at all times. That's what the Hawks were able to do with Trey Young. They can just hide him on Tucker. And then on the on the defensive side, he he's solid. He works hard. I think he's fine on Booker, but I just think Milwaukee gets more value with running another shooter out there. Uh, this is where they really miss DiVincenzo, but if they can throw a Pat Connaughton or if they can throw a Bryn Forbes, I would not like to see Jeff Teague anymore in this series, but it gives them that extra advantage and – uh, I think the offensive upside of putting one of those guys out there far out, outweighs the uh, you what you lose on the defensive side by by taking out Tucker. He just doesn't really have the perfect matchup for him on either side, and and I, I think Booker could really cook him if they decided to, but we haven't seen that yet. 
Uh, and then last thing is, is the Bucks just need more from Middleton and from Holiday. Giannis, of course, has been a steady, incredible force, really underrated the stats he, he's put up so far in this entire playoffs. But you need more from your guys who are getting paid to be your two and three of this big three, and they just haven't gotten it yet. I expect one of them to have a pretty good game tonight and, and the Bucks as, as a whole to have the crowd behind them play really well. And I expect them to take game three. If you're Phoenix, you're really just trying to control the tempo, uh, try, try and keep that crowd nervous because this crowd knows it's a must win. And so if this game stays close, that nervous energy is really going to catch on to their players. So you're just as Phoenix trying to avoid any big, big Milwaukee runs, especially early in the game. Um, but the third quarter is probably that key quarter that if you're Phoenix, if you pick a quarter that you want to win, it's got to be that third quarter. And then the, the unease will settle in, in, in Wisconsin and have them uh, scratching their necks and, and holding their head hands behind their head, but really looking forward to the game about to tip off in half an hour. That's going to be it for this one. I'm sorry. We can't bring you a longer pod, but I found the, the find the value of, of our podcast is that Max and I can really get into things, dig a little deeper, uh, break things down, throw things off each other back and forth. So for me, this one, it's just a brief little preview. Um, he's gone until next Sunday's pod. So I'll have something fairly short on Thursday, but hopefully a little bit more analysis to provide. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Uh, and watching if this is on YouTube. I appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again on Thursday. Have a good rest of your weekend, everyone, and, and enjoy your week. Sports Next Door, signing out.